And so I think on the on the lower side, on the on the block and tackle side, make sure you have your information in Excel format or in QuickBooks so that you can manipulate your in, information and get it clean. And then on the other side, make sure you have someone to talk to, whether it's someone like us or whether it's an investor or an advisor to, to talk you through things like profitability and ask you the questions that you'll need to answer to you know the tax man, but also to future investors. Hey everyone, this is Devin Miller here with another episode of The Inventive Journey. I'm your host, Devin Miller, the serial entrepreneur that's uh, grown several startups into seven and eight figure businesses, as well as the CEO and founder of Miller IP Law, where we help startups and small businesses with their patents and trademarks. If you ever need help with yours, just go to strategymeeting.com and grab some time with us to chat. Now, today we have another great guest episode or uh, guest uh, guest on to do an expert series, which is Andrew Klein or Klein? Klein. Klein? Andrew Klein. Like the underwear. (laughs) All right. So Andrew Klein, and uh, he'll be talking a little bit or a lot of it about an an area that oftentimes as a startup or small business you want to avoid because it's not the fun or the sexy part, but definitely is worthwhile and uh, and has a lot of benefits to do it, which is a lot of times bookkeeping and finances and accounting and kind of what you do that and if you know how to be a CFO is if you're a startup or a small business and how to keep things straight and kind of all of the the software tools and development and kind of all those different areas that while you know it may not be the fun or exciting part definitely has an impact on your business and if you don't do it can get you in a lot of trouble so with that much as an introduction welcome on the podcast Andrew. Hey I'm happy to be here you know I I also uh, am excited to be working with you more and more in the future Um, I love what your firm does as well. Thank you I'm always excited to have uh, great people on board and good connections so before we dive into the area of expertise, maybe just take a minute or two and kind of introduce yourself a bit to the audience as to why you're an expert, why you know what you're talking about, and why they should listen to you. Yeah, I'm the founder and uh, managing partner of Z Counting. So we're like accounting, but with a Z instead of an A. Um, and uh, I'd worked at a major accounting firm when I graduated from college. I did auditing of large private and publicly traded companies. And I just hated my life because you just didn't have the opportunity and freedom that you have as an entrepreneur to really make decisions and, and do do the right thing, you know. And so I went, uh, I, I then quit that job I, and I went into a variety of different businesses, tech businesses, healthcare, food service. And uh, eventually, uh, after an exit um, to Coinstar, we sold the coffee uh, kiosk company to Coinstar. Um, I joined an angel investment group as the executive vice president. And I recognized the reason that my companies were more successful uh, or were you know, successful over the, the 20 years that I was doing them was because we had a really strong pulse on our accounting and finance. And we could explain to investors and stakeholders how our accounting and finance worked and how our profitability worked with our customers. And so I started Z Accounting initially to provide CFO support to help with the communication part. And then uh, by year two, we realized, holy crap, compliance on the basic level is totally being missed by these entrepreneurs. And they're wasting so much time on the weekends when they could be selling to customers. And so we launched essentially a $500 a month 
basic bookkeeping for small business package that's super transparent and allows them to fully outsource everything in accounting. And so, yeah, we've raised over $100 million for clients. We just had a client. I mean, it's probably higher now. We just had a client raise $13 million yesterday, um, which, was, which was awesome. And uh, we've helped, you know, hundreds of businesses. I, on a monthly basis, we help hundreds of businesses with their accounting. So now, no, and I, that was a great background and uh, definitely is uh, insightful. Now, now diving to the area of expertise. So let's say you're taking a startup or a small business and you've got, you know, a, a, a few people that are just getting going and they don't have, you know, an ability. Most of the time, if you're a startup, you know, you have more things to spend money on the money to spend. And so you're always, you know, most of the time you're wearing multiple hats and not able to bring on a full-time CFO or sometimes outsource as much. And, you know, some that's some of what the services you guys offer. But for some of them, they're saying, hey, we, we don't have any money. This is a side hustle of bootstrapping. What are some of the things they should initially be thinking about as far as how to keep their fine, either get their finances in order or keep their finances in order if they're just getting started? Yeah, in a, in a perfect world, I think that you would, as soon as you finish your corporate formation and create your company bank account, you'd engage an accountant to set up your accounting processes and procedures, uh, probably QuickBooks for small businesses before you know they grow. Um, but when I meet entrepreneurs, I, we see a lot of entrepreneurs. Um, I, I'm based in Seattle, um, mm-hmm. but we've got sort of a satellite office in Austin and, uh, and LA. And so when I meet entrepreneurs, a lot of times the entrepreneurs don't have investors right out the door, or they don't have the private net worth to be able to self-fund the business. And so they're sort of bootstrapping along and, mm-hmm. you know, maybe they scrap up enough money for the, the lawyer, but they think, well, I can just, you know, I'll just wait till tax time to do my, to do my books, which I say, if you don't value your accounting day one, it's okay. Right? Like, like it's not the most exciting, fun thing to be doing on, on a weekend, you know, sell, sell to your customers, but I, I don't do- know that it's a fun and exciting thing to do on any time. <laughs> Some people like you may find it exciting. I always look at it as it's something that I have to do with part of the business and whatever I can do to offload it is what I like to do. Totally. You know, and it, it's great. we we find, um, you know, our, our employees, they get excited about entrepreneurs and the entrepreneurial journey and all of the amazing things you can do. But they also just love to sit in their office with the green visor and just chug. And when I give them too much client facing work, they're like, can we just go back and do the accounting? It's really funny. But, uh, you know, I so so if you start a business and you're really strapped for cash and you haven't raised money yet, I would suggest just go to QuickBooks Online and get the basic QuickBooks Online and connect your business bank account, right? And we actually offer all of our clients, and don't tell into it because I'm not supposed to do this, but anyone that calls us, we give them half off of their QuickBooks subscription um, because we get it, you know, we've got thousands of or hundreds of clients on QuickBooks, so we get it for half off. So I just pass that savings on to our clients. Um, but if you just simply plug in QuickBooks and connect the bank account, then all of the information will be in QuickBooks. And so if it takes, you know, if you call us or another firm in, you know, April 12th, right? (laughs) First, we're going to say, you're going to need to file an extension. But second, we have all the information. Oh, this this year you get until May 12th? Yeah, yeah. you get another month. Yeah, May. May, uh, Another month to procrastinate. Yeah, another month to procrastinate. But, you know, if you have everything in the QuickBooks, even if you haven't allocated it to the correct expenses or taken your deductions, it's, it's there for an accountant or a bookkeeper like, like our team 
to go in and clean it up and get you compliant. And so I say, don't let that go on for more than a year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, cause we've also had that problem where clients are being chased by the IRS and they're spending so many cycles fighting the IRS cause they never paid taxes for three or four years instead of running their business. So. Mm. So now, so let's say, okay. So I, I take away my, my short takeaway to simplify it for me is at least connect it to free or first step is connect your, your, Fresh and there's QuickBooks, there's Fresh Books, there's a few different softwares, but find one that you can automatically connect to your bank account, import the expenses, and then you can at least walk through and kind of categorize or or put those in the right categories of what they are as a starting point or a stepping point. Now, yeah, and if if you're a founder and you don't have you don't have a ton of money, don't worry about categorizing it until the end of the year and having one of us because go sell some customers, right? Go to your business, build your software, right? Don't worry about, you know, an accounting thing for a couple of months because we can always go back and fix it, right? Like, it's not like, as long as the data is there, we can allocate it, right? And so my suggestion is make the business work and we can catch the accounting up. There's other accountants, I'm sure, that'll tell you like, don't do anything until you do your accounting, but you probably don't want one of those. They're a pain in the ass. (laughs) <laughs> I agree. Well, I mean, because I mean, and it's always funny, you know, every time you talk to whatever expert it is, it's always theirs is the most, most of the time, theirs is the most important. You should always get started on IP or you should always get started <laughs> on an LLC formation or you should always do accounting because it's going to have, well, yeah, they're all going to have an impact on your business. But I like to your point, if you don't get out and sell, it doesn't really matter any of the rest of this because the business isn't going to be in business long. And so the exactly. first thing is focus on do get out there, figure out how to make money and get sales, but then start to at least take some initial steps with this so now let's say okay so i got let's say i took that first step and i've got whether it's quickbooks or FreshBooks or any you know a few different softwares out there but got something that the accountant can do then you know as i'm going throughout the year what things should i be thinking about as far as the accounting side as far as you know how should i if I again, and I'm taking this from the perspective that I haven't hired a CFO or an accountant yet because I'm a small business, you know, if I were to do that, what are some of the initial steps I should be? And, or let's say I say, okay, if I do a good year this year, next year, I'm going to go and hire someone that knows what they're doing, but what are the things that they should at least start to do as a, let's say over the first year that they get a business established? Yeah. So I think that the hard thing is if you get an accountant that doesn't see the big picture, you're going to be constantly fighting over you know, decimal points and pennies on invoices, right? Mm-hmm. But what, how we like to look at all of our clients is, is we definitely take a look at the details. But at the end of every month, we take a zoom out and we look at the financial statements. And so I think that it's important for an entrepreneur to take that same perspective. And instead of looking at, you know, the monthly financial statements or the individual uh, invoice details, they need to understand what the next milestone is with investors and then track their business to that. So if you're a consumer um, products app, like a, like a social network or something that's, that's really about growing the volume of users, I think that you need to focus on activities that grow the volume of users and try and match those. And so as you're tracking your, your uh, expenses and revenues and putting them into the categories within, you know, QuickBooks or FreshBooks or Zero, and I actually suggest QuickBooks uh, online out of all those because every accountant knows how to use QuickBooks. And so you're never going to have a problem finding someone that can do the software. But if you can track based on what your goals are, and so if you're a sole proprietor, your goal is going to be having enough cash, you know, to pay the next three months or so of 
your expenses. And if you have investors, it's going to be spending enough cash to hit the milestones, whether it's customer revenue targets or engineering um, successes that those investors need to do the next round. So they're breaking up a bit because you kind of hit on almost two different areas. One is if you're simply trying to do accounting or otherwise, make sure you make payroll that enough money is coming in, you're covering your expenses, you're going to be able to maintain inventory. That's kind of one side of account. And the other side is if your plan is to go get in, whether it's angel investors, venture capital, or otherwise take on investor money, then you're going to have to have your books in, in, a, in order. So one, that they can do their due diligence, see where your books are at how much debt you're in and how much, you know, shares have been authorized or, or, or you know, put, put out there, yeah. where their money's going to go. And so those are two different types of things. So let's break those out just a little bit. So, and you start to touch on kind of two different things, but let's say I'm not going to, for this year, I'm, I'm just going to bootstrap and I'm not going out investor dollars. I'm not going to do that. I'm simply going to try and keep the business, get the business established, keep it afloat and uh, do it a little bit. What are the things that I should be looking at for account? And then we're going to jump over to what, when you are looking for investors. But the first step, what are the, let's say the top two or three things that I should be doing as I get going this, you know, if I were to get going this year that I should be thinking about for accounting if we're just bootstrapping it. Yeah, if you're just bootstrapping, you know, there, there's a ton of tax strategies you can use and there's a bunch of magic based on the categories and how you allocate expenses. But if you're simply bootstrapping, the most important thing is having the cash today for tomorrow, the next day, the next week, the next month, right? And so I think that the most important thing is ma managing cash in versus cash out. So I work for a company that Bill Gates owned called Corbis. And Corbis, because Bill Gates was the, the main um, funder of it, and they never were really profitable like a lot of these tech businesses go, they really focused on how much cash in versus cash out and cash needed to run the business. And so I think that that's a really smart way for a bootstrapped company to operate. So taking a look at their weekly or monthly or however they run their business, cash in versus the cash out versus the cash needed. And so you can really scope, and especially if you're using QuickBooks it, and you can do a daily or weekly look, you can see how much money you used last month to sort of forecast how much money you'll need next month. Hmm. No, I think that that's a good, I mean, that's it's simple, but it's one where, hey, let's see how much is coming in, how much is going out. Are we at least meeting our needs of how much is going out versus coming in? If not, let's see where the money that is coming in, where that is, so we can adjust and maybe get more money there. Or where are the money's going out? Can we either reduce expenses or otherwise delay that or adjust that? that. So I think that that's a great place to start. Now, let's flip to the other side. Let's say my, my I'm projecting that, you know, in order to get the business, it's going to be a cash intensive business, or I, I really can't bootstrap it, or I do need a minimal amount of investment. And that can be anywhere from tens of thousands of dollars to hundreds to even, you know, millions of dollars, so to speak, because different startups have different needs. But if you're going into an investor, you know, whether it's an angel capital, venture capital, or angel investor and venture capital or anything else, what are the things that they should be doing to get their books in order? Yeah, you know, I, I really like to do product market fit conversations, not just with customers, but with investors. And I like to understand what's important to investors. And so on, on one level, you got to do the basic bookkeeping, have basic categories and identify how you've spent the funds thus far. And those, you know, those top categories are direct costs of so cost of goods sold for your product or service, your marketing expense, 
your engineering expense, and then everything else that supports the office. And so the more that you can skew into engineering on the early on, so if you're spending a lot of your, your time and money and you can allocate that to engineering, and you're building a tech company, it's really easy to justify that to investors. If you're building something like a consumer products company, um, you're really gonna wanna be looking at marketing spend and how that relates to your sales. And so the, the other thing is, you're thinking about what is the most, and I love talking about positive stuff opposed to like, I, I like the carrots, right? And I'm actually a vegetarian. And so I really do like carrots, um, but, uh, but, where you can really get in trouble um, on your accounting mm -hmm. is around payroll. And so I think that once you're ready to start hiring employees and contractors, I think you need to be really thoughtful and, and really get help. Because a lot of people, like if an entrepreneur wants to book a meeting with me, I, I'll give a 30-minute free meeting to any entrepreneur. I, I think you'll do the same thing, right? Yeah, no, and, and that's exactly I mean, we take... We'll do a 15 minute, what I call strategy meeting, but we will sit down with you, kind of walk through, here's some things to start out with. And, you know, it's probably a little bit the same you do in, in the sense that you say, hey, I understand sometimes there's more money to spend or more things to spend money on than money to spend. And you may not be able to afford our service today, but let's think about here's some things to get you started. Here are some where you should start be planning your milestones and kind of figure that out and strategize. And it seems like the same thing with financial planning, especially if you're going into investors, kind of having that same strategy of, okay, here's where we're spending it. Here's how it's going to be spent. Here's how we're going to utilize it. Here's how we're going to use your money to leverage it, to increase the valuation of the business. Absolutely. so you get a return yeah and the other thing i think where you can get in trouble is around payroll mm -hmm. and so i i say when you start doing payroll don't delay payroll taxes or don't say well we'll catch that up later because payroll will pierce the corporate veil mm -hmm. uh meaning even if you have a business entity, an LLC or a C corporation, you're still liable for payroll taxes if they're not paid. And in states like California and Washington, they're very pro-employee. And so we actually had a had a problem with a client where they're paying contractors in California because they, you know, they're based in Washington, didn't really want to have people in California. And because of the pandemic, one of their employees couldn't move up to Washington. So they're paying them as a contractor and they filed with the state that they were a W-2 employee, meaning an employee with taxes withheld. And there were huge penalties for the company and it cost us a lot of money, or at least it cost our client a lot of money uh, to fix that, that problem. And we'd suggested against it, you know, if you're going to pay employees, pay employees and withhold their taxes. But I think there's so many cheap payroll solutions. Um, one that we use a lot of is, is Gusto. And, and again, if, if you have me help set up your Gusto, I'll set up your Gusto for free and give you your first month free. But there's also ADP and, you know, a variety of other ones. Um, there's also PEOs like Insperity and, um, you know, a variety of other companies. But there's so many companies that do payroll compliance so cheap. Like, just use one. You know, it's it's... It's better to pay a little bit extra, you know, 15% more on your payroll than have to pay a lot extra in the future for all the penalties and, and interest. No, I, and I definitely agree. And it's one where, you know, I think that sometimes you say, oh, we'll catch it up, we'll delay it. And, you know, you get yourself into a big uh, world of hurt because oftentimes you push those out and the business doesn't go well. And now you've got stuck with a 
big, you know, big amount that you are obligated to pay and you don't know how to do it. So I think that building those in and saying either we're going to have to reduce staff, we're going to have to reduce what we're doing, hours, whatever, but keeping yourself balanced. And just as kind of a a side note, you know, for those are listeners, when you mentioned piercing the corporate veil, just kind of as an explanation there. So when you build, whether it's where you form, whether it's an LLC, an S Corp, a C Corp, you have the presumption that basically your personal asset, people can't come after your personal assets. And so if you're to get sued, you're to, you know, you're to have, whether it's patent trademark lawsuits, or you're to have product liability or other things, then they can, they can come after the business and the assets and they can do that, but they can't come after your life savings. They can't come after your house. When you pierce the corporate veil, it basically means, no, we can, we can go beyond the LLC or the, the business and actually come after your personal assets for certain types of things. And one of those is going to be, if you, if you mess with the IRS, generally they, they, they figure out a way to get the money one way or the other. Yeah. And it's not just the past due taxes, but it's uh, employee wages or presumptive employee wages. And so the, the governments, particularly on the coast, um, will not accept an evil corporation not paying their employees. And so if you can't afford employees, do lay them off don't make people work for a future promise of pay because it could get you in big trouble. Mm, that's interesting. Now, one of the other things that I think that is, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, it's one where I know enough to be dangerous, but that's always the worst place to be <laughs> because then you don't know exactly. But on piercing the corporate veil, if you start to commingle funds, is that right? In other words, I start to use personal funds and business funds, and I kind of start to use them interchangeably. And this happens a lot, especially if you're a one-man guy or a show or you just have a few and, you know, oh, I'll just take out enough for me to live on. And so then you kind of, you know, start to use what money that does come in as an income income as a way to a, a source of living, but you never actually pay yourself an income and the business does that. And then that can get you in trouble. So maybe kind of touch on that. Cause I think that that's one where people don't think about, Oh, I just, I'll just pay myself enough from what the business is making to get by, but they start to mingle those funds and can get in trouble. Yeah. And I, I think that's, that's probably more of a legal concept than an accounting concept because a lot of these small businesses, they can't survive on their own. And so there's a personal credit card that will bring into the business because it's used primary, primarily for business. The IRS will accept that credit card as a business card and as business expenses. And so to, to some point, um, you can do that. But once you do that, that card or that bank account is now a business bank account or a business card. So yes, it would pierce the corporate veil. You would be able to, in a lawsuit, attack those accounts. And so if you're commingling between like your Robinhood account and your business account, um, you know, make it very clear what is an owner distribution, what is owner pay. And then also when you're doing the accounting, if you have to keep throwing out, oh, this is a personal expense, not a business expense, it creates a lot of extra unnecessary work. So just have a personal card and have a business card and, you know, use your business for business and your personal for personal. And I know a lot of entrepreneurs don't have a ton of personal because they're working all the time. So, you know, take, take that, take that into account. But yeah, I'd, I'd say, keep it clean. <laughs> But yeah, even and where I've seen it get in is like you want to, you know, you got to pay rent this month for your, you know, your apartment, or your house. And so you, you do, rather what you should be doing and, and you can correct me where I'm wrong is just give yourself a salary, make yourself, make it clear what you're paying and you can pay yourself a salary, do a distribution, whatever it is. But what often happens is they'll just go and they'll take the business card or the business account. They'll charge their, uh, uh, their personal, whether it's a rent or utilities or food or whatever, 
And then they'll say, oh, I'll get it caught up or this is really my payment. And then, then it creates one is it allows it to, hey, if you start the commingling funds, then you're saying that at least on the legal side, you're not, you're not treating this as an LLC. You're treating this really as a sole proprietorship or other type of business formation. And then they can go pierce a corporate bail because you're not keeping those separate. But then even on the accounting, it gets to, okay, now is this a business expense or is this a personal expense? And how, what is, you know, having to divvy that up, especially like you get into categories of food. Well, was, was this a client meeting with, at a restaurant or are you just going out to, you know, your, your, with your family to dinner type of thing? And it can create a bit of a, a difficult to sift it out. So that's, I think, a, a fair thing to just try and keep those separate as best you can. Well, it's now as we to, to start, you know, to start to wrap up and they're always, which was interesting. I thought this would be, you know, <laughs> it, it's interesting. How everything, get, it's accounting and you're like, oh, is it going to be accounting? But there's a lot of interesting aspects to, And I think that there's a lot of things that businesses legitimately do know or shouldn't or should be doing and should know that they'd oftentimes don't spend the time to come up to speed. But as we wrap up the podcast, and again, there's too many things to talk about. So maybe someday we'll have chat again soon. But if, um, if we're to, if you're talking now to a startup, then they're just getting going and they're saying, okay, I've done a horrible job or I haven't done anything with my accounting and I just want to get started. I need to get something going today. And you touched on maybe beyond QuickBooks or just getting connected up because we already talked about that, but they could, after they get QuickBooks connected up or FreshBooks or whichever one they prefer, um, what would be the one step that you would tell them to get going on today that they could at least get started with, within accounting and within, within finance of their business? Yeah, what, what I like to remind everyone is there's no emergencies in accounting. You know, in, a, in accounting, no one like dies or goes to jail, right? I mean, unless you're in like major corporate <laughs> fraud like Enron or something, right? But, but in general, like if you made a mistake or if you did something wrong, there may be penalties, there may be interest, but in general, no one goes to jail and there's no emergencies in accounting. And so I think first I should just take a deep breath. And then think about what's the next step that we can do to gather all of the information, to either do it ourselves or to hand it off to someone like us. And I think the other thing, when I started my first company, when I quit the, um, the CPA firm, uh, I started a chain of crepe restaurants. And I had some really great mentors when I wrote my business plan when I was in college. But when I started my business, I was smarter than I ever was, smarter than I am now, because now I know all the stuff I don't know. Back then, I didn't know what I didn't know, right? And so, so I just ran this business, and, I, and we had the 2008 economic crash, and I had no mentors, no people that were helping me with my business. And so I suggest that founders build a, a board of advisors, um, you know, or a group of advisors, maybe not a formal board, so to speak, but, you know, three to five guys and gals that they can lean on when they have questions. And so I think there's a lot of investors that have a financial background, which is why they're investors. Mm -hmm. And so I think that having an investor participate as also an advisor on your financials, even before you talk to an accountant or meet with an accountant, can help you navigate through some of these things that seem foreign. And so I think on the, on the lower side, on the, on the block and tackle side, make sure you have your information in Excel format or in QuickBooks so that you can manipulate your in, information and get it clean. And then on the other side, make sure you have someone to talk to, whether it's someone like us or whether it's an investor or an advisor to, to talk you through things like profitability and ask you the questions that you'll need to answer to you know, the tax man, but also to future investors. Mm. No, and I think that that's, that's a good, uh, 
having those, whether it's a formal board, whether it's just hey, a group of mentors, whether it's people you know that you look up to, but have those people that for the different areas of your business that you can turn to, ask a few minute question, get a little bit of advice, get a little bit of a guidance as you're trying to going. And most people, if you know, don't don't over abuse it or you know, don't abuse it so much that you're going to them every day and spending an hour of their day because they've got to get do their business and do it too. But most people are saying, hey, if you need a few minutes, we're, you know, we've been there, We especially if they've been there and been through it, they're willing to give you a little bit of advice, sit down and give you a bit of time and to, to help you out. So I think it's great to establish those people that you can trust and that you can, um, whether it's formal or informal, that you can uh, have that as a group. Well, as we wrap up, if people want to find out more, they want to be a client, they want to be a customer, they want to be an employee, they want to invest in your business because it's so awesome. They want to be your next best friend. <laughs> any or all of the above, what's the best way to reach out or find out more? Yeah. So our website, like I said, was zcounting.com. So it's like accounting, but replace the A with the Z. So I was going to be accounting.com because I thought web domains are the best, but accounting.com was already taken. Buckcounting.com was taken. Cookcounting was taken, but I got to zcounting and it was still available. And so, so that's what we ran with. And so, um, so yeah, just go to zcounting.com. And right at the top and at the bottom of our page, we've got a direct calendar link that you can book with me, probably similar to your strategy website. Hmm. I I definitely encourage people to go to uh, zcounting.com, grab some time to to chat and uh, definitely take advantage of doing a strategy meeting or strategy session, figure out how to get started and what, you know, whether or not it's using you guys as services now today or getting advice so you know how to plan for the future. I think that's all very beneficial and worthwhile. Well, thank you again, Andrew, for coming on. It's been a fun. It's been a pleasure. Now, for all of you you listeners out there, if you either have your own expertise to share or you just want to come on and share your journey, feel free to go to inventiveguest.com and apply to be on the podcast. Also, as a listener, a couple more things. One, click subscribe in the podcast player so you know when all of our awesome episodes come out. And two, leave us a review so other people can find out about the awesome episodes. Last but not least, if you ever need help with patents, trademarks, or anything else with your business, just go to strategymeeting.com, and we're always here to help. Thank you again, Andrew. It's been fun. It's been a pleasure. And wish the next leg of your journey even better than the last. All right. Sounds great. See you soon.